right, live from Studio 6B on a big Thursday night on Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240. Paul Nolan's here with the news. Rick Delgado's here. Rick Amorati's here with sports. What's up, gentlemen? Paul Nolan, how are you? I'm doing well, buddy. I'm ready for the fight tonight. Well, yeah, it's a big night here. We've got both candidates. President Trump is in Miami. He's going to appear on, um, as he says, I'm going to do a fake uh, fake news town hall with NBC <laughs> and Samantha Guthrie coming up. And we have Joe Biden stumbling over there to ABC. Now, will he be stumbling with chains on his feet and ankles? <laughs> what's going on here? With little Georgie. And, of course, the key to the whole night is going to be, what's George's first question out of the box? Well, to Joe. I mean, I guess the first thing is to it's make good. sure Joe gets there and gets out on the stage. I bet the first question is going to be, it's been a trying couple days for you, sir. Are you okay? Can I get you something? Yeah, well, here he is. So here's George now. And so we're going to dip in and out when we can and just um, and listen here and see what the questions are. So obviously wow, there's – There you house. go. There's – Packed house. This is, so Joe's used to this. Yeah. Obviously, this is about the crowd of everywhere he goes. This is about the size of the crowd at every rally, so that's uh, that's not a big deal. Let's hear a little bit here of what George is talking about. Close to here, here in Philadelphia. No, no. You're a Democrat. I am a Democrat. Thank you, George. Okay, so Mr. Vice President. So already they go they go right to the questions. Are we on 6B? No, we're just on America's Voice tonight. So they go right to the questions. So there's already our answer. My question for you. George Stephanopoulos does not lead with um, any questions about anything that may have, I don't know, have affected, uh, could could affect Joe Biden. Yeah, so this is a COVID-19 question. Looking back to COVID-19, so this is not, so George did no intro with him, didn't even ask him. And John Solomon last night said that um, that's basically journalism malpractice to not ask him. Does he have an earpiece in? I have no idea. But I don't want to hear Joe talk about the virus because Joe has no plan. Joe had no plan. Joe has no plan. He had no plan back then. He has no plan now. No, he has a plan. He just he just uh, plagiarized Trump's plan. All right, G, let's get out. I'm, I'm not even going to stay with this. Be listening to him drone on about this. Let's jump over. And see what the president's doing over on. Um, there it is. So let's see. Let's let's dip in here and hear a little bit of this. I feel good. Uh, was in North Carolina today and did a big rally with tremendous turnout. And I uh, just feel really good. Florida, Pennsylvania, we're all over the place. It's uh, been great. You received some treatments that are generally reserved for those with the most severe form of the disease. Okay, so yeah. she's starting on coronavirus as well, but obviously in a different way, talking to the president about obviously um, what he's done. And the president, by the way, has a great case to make here. And he needs to, hopefully he'll make it tonight with her if he's given the opportunity, if, it, if, he's, if he's not sandbagged all night, which we'll, we'll see if he is. But he's got a case to make about what he's done. Um, Operation Warp Speed. I hope he talks about the fact that the New York Times printed an article 
about it recently that I've read you here. Doctors ever tell you that they saw pneumonia on your lungs? No, but they said the lungs are, you know, a little bit different. Okay, so uh, let's listen to a little bit of the president here, G. I don't know. I mean, I didn't do too much asking. I, I really felt good. I didn't have much of a problem with the lungs. I did have a little bit of a temperature. Obviously, I felt there was something missing. And then I tested, you know, I tested positive. Well, let's talk about testing because sure. there's a little bit of, a, I guess, confusion about this. And I think we can clear it up. Yeah, and there should be. Your, your first positive test was Thursday, October 1st. Okay. Mm-hmm. When was your last negative test? When did you last remember having a negative test? Well, I test quite a bit, and I can tell you that before the debate, which I thought it was a very good debate, and I felt fantastically. I, I was, I had no problem before. Did you test the day afterwards. of the debate? Uh, I don't know. I don't even remember. I test all the time. But I, all right, I can gee, tell so, you this. Um, uh, after the let's debate, let's take this down before, so we can see a little bit of what Samantha Guthrie's trying to do here. So she's going to talk about the testing. Now she won't talk about, as she asked the president about his test. I guarantee you she won't ask about governors in New York like uh, Cuomo and uh, the fat guy in Illinois, Pritzker, and um, Michigan and California and New Jersey about tests and um, stuffing COVID-positive patients into um, nursing homes. Yeah, not just that. How about, like, putting... Even the way they jammed hospital rooms with people without COVID, they were just yeah. doubling people up. Like they overloaded some hospitals, like Elmhurst got inundated. Like a handful got inundated, but meanwhile, the SS Comfort had nothing. Javits next to nothing. Yeah, uh, Rick Delgado, what do you think so far about the first couple questions here? Uh, boring. <laughs> Though I think uh, what she, what I see her trying to do, and. You know, he he's smart enough to figure it out. She he's trying to she's trying to pin him down on a time timeline, so she can try and try and find something wrong. Gotcha. Right, exactly. Right, she's searching exactly. for a gotcha moment. Um, I can barely hear them on the TV though. Well, it's because we have the sound down because we right. can only there's only a certain amount of, that we can use here. So, um, all right, Gigi, let's go back to Biden here. Let's go back to Biden and um, and we'll see. Um, Let's see what they're talking about. That you would lock down the economy only if the scientists said it was necessary. Well, by the way, that wasn't the context. They said, would I lock down the, ki- the, the, the economy if science said so? I said, I'd follow science. Would I, but I don't think there's a need to lock well, down. That, but I want to press you on that point. Sure. You, you, you've been in the Oval Office for eight years with President Obama. He would always say that only the, only the hard to solve problems yep, get to his desk. What is most likely to happen is the scientists will disagree. The scientists will disagree right, with the economists. So the question so let's, is. So we see where both of them are already starting to go so um they're both going to talk about covid but in many in much in different ways obviously uh and, but i hope the president makes the case tonight if you're watching the whole thing over there that he has a story to tell about the work they've done and how he's brought this together right um and joe of course with george will not be asked about his response to h1n1 because again we joe has a history here he was around for h1n1 so we know what the testing was like. We've heard from Ron Klain. We know what a disaster it was. Um, so, but he won't be asked about that thing. So already you're, you see going into these two things the difference. Biden's going to be helped. Of course. And Trump's going to be attacked. Well, it was nice to hear Stephanopoulos say, I'd like to push back a little if it's okay with you. <laughs> He's got to get clearance, though, you know. <laughs> the big guy's got to make sure it's okay. 
I just it's just so easy to rattle this guy too, and I just he gets such a free pass on his hateful nature. Hey, G, let's take down the live Biden town hall um, logo like I sent you, both of them. Um, yeah, so Rick Delgado, what do you think? The president's going to get attacked and Biden's going to get uh, helped by Georgie. Yeah, it seems that way. And, and you know what? And Samantha Guffrey even, I think she tweeted something out as, oh, she's going to get tough and stuff like that. It's look, look, uh, uh, Samantha, it's not your job to be tough. You're there to conduct a town hall, which means you're supposed to have people that are there in the audience asking questions of the president. So, you know, stay in your lane. And uh, don't try and, uh, you know, search out for your moment in the sun so everybody can laud you for, oh, my goodness, did you see how great she did? Nobody cares. Yeah. You're not running for office and nobody cares about it. Yeah, and you're not auditioning for another network. Right. Um, So we've seen... um We've seen Joe still talking to the first person here who asked the the very first question. Well, it's the only person there, Damon. Oh, so no, he's getting a second question now. (laughs) So let's hear the question, G. Let's dip in just to hear the question. Or potential. Uh, Senator Harris stated that she absolutely would not take a vaccine from President Trump. And of course, we all know it's not President Trump that would create this vaccine. It would be doctors and scientists that presumably we all trust. So my question for you is, if a vaccine were approved by between now and the end of the year, would you take it? And if you were to become president, would you mandate that everyone has to take it? Two things. Number one, President Trump talks about things that just aren't accurate about everything from vaccines. We're going to have one right away. It's going to happen and so on. Come on, big guy. The point is that if the scientists, if the body of scientists say that this is what is ready to be done and it's it's been tested, they've gone through the three phases, yes, I would take it. I'd encourage people to take it. Okay, G, that's good. Take the sound down. So... Um, so there you go. So there's question two about the vaccine. Now we heard Kamala Harris in debate act as if, um, you know, Trump's got the white lab coat on and he's in there mixing around and, uh, well, Trump tells me to take it. I'm not taking it. She said, right. Like he's got a cauldron with a, with a broken oar and he's just kind of swooshing it around. This, this is going to be the vaccine. It's going to save the world. Right. And everything else, by the way, it's follow the science. You could take it down, G. You could, it's follow the science. Follow the science. Follow the science. Fauci, all we saw for Fauci from March to April, May. The great Fauci. We got to follow the science. And now we're talking about the president and the job he's done with the science. Bringing the science together, as he has told us, pushing these vaccine companies harder than anyone's ever pushed them. When he talks about these timelines and how these things have come together, he says, well, Quite frankly, no one's pushed them like I've pushed them. Right. So, but now it's not follow the science. Now we, the, the science now doesn't matter. It's because, because now it gives Trump a win. So this is my overall arching theme here to start the night is I hope the president makes the case on what he has done here on something that was much more ubiquitous than H1N was. Uh, H1N1 was. I'm going to say that three times quick. No, no, don't even try it. It'll sound just like Biden. <laughs> well, Be- when, you, when you've got a Goliath like the, the federal government, right, with, with all its rules, its regulations, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't sneeze, you can't, all the things you can't do, and now you're mixing in, like he's brought in the, all the companies, all the pharmaceutical companies, and be like, all right, now you guys got to work together. We're using this, quote-unquote, whole-of-government approach where it's everybody's in. 
And now they've got to work together. And that take that takes, you know, that takes people putting their egos, their 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 biases all to the side because you're trying to focus everybody here who are coming from different angles on one one job. Here's the goal. This is what we're getting to. And and basically it's it's what we were talking about last night. Like when he was doing that rally, how he connects with people. This is this is the talent that he has that he used in those rooms, in those meetings, and saying, okay, you Big Pharma, I need you guys to collaborate with these guys. Let's get this going. Let's remove some regulations that maybe don't need to be there. And let's get this 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 you know machine moving in the right direction. I think that's his talent. That's you know when it it reminds me of uh, of Justice League when when the Flash the kid looks at looks at Ben Affleck and goes, "What's your superpower?" And Ben Affleck just goes, you know, because he's Batman. He goes, "I'm rich." This, this is Trump. It's like, well, what's your superpower, sir? You're not a scientist. You're, you know, you don't create anything. He's like, I no, got you all together to do this. Yeah, I'm a butt you kicker. Know? That's my superpower. Yeah. I'm going I'm I'm to stomp, get it I'm done, gonna stomp on you until you win. All right, G, let's jump back to, um, let's jump back to um, the president and see if he's got a second question here. Let's see what we're talking about here. People are leaving New York by the thousands, and you could have a hard time ever building it up again. Let's so so that cure, that so-called cure that you talk about, it can't be worse than the problem. The problem is a bad problem. We've got more questions on COVID, okay. so let's drop it for now. We were supposed to, as mentioned, be watching you on a debate stage right now. We're not doing that, so let's clear up a few things from the last one. You were asked point blank to denounce white supremacy. In the moment, you didn't. You asked some follow-up questions. Who specifically? A couple of days later, on a different show, oh, you, you, you denounced white supremacy. Here we go. The question to you is, you why does it seem like... I denounced white supremacy, okay? You did I two days later. I denounced white supremacy for right, years. I don't even want to listen no, no, to no, this. No, 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 let let, let, let me see him. We can't see him stand up and fight for this? All right, let me hear a little more. Zantifa, I watched him on the same basic show with Lester Holt, and he was asking questions like Biden was a child. Well, well so this so is a little bit ready? of a dodge. Are you, wait, are you listening? I denounce white supremacy. Okay. What's this the next so question? Do you feel, doing it feels sometimes you're hesitant to do so. Like you hesitant. wait a bit. Here we go again. Okay, Every enough. Time. <laughs> Take it down. So now we got to hear about her feelings. So this is, right. again, this is, you're walking into the uh, hornet's nest. Over here with Samantha Guthrie because she's got her talking points and she's got her marching orders <sighs> on what she's going to cover. So that we go white, right to the white supremacist argument, which I've played you on this show 20 times that he's, that he's denounced. Going back to David Duke. You can take it down, G. Uh, uh, white supremacy. I've played you all the videos of him denouncing all of it over and over and over again. And this is the second or possibly third, if we missed one, question out of the box. And then when he pushes back, like Paul says, let's hear him push back. Then she goes to her feelings. And not just that, she starts interrupting him. And then she right. starts making more accusations. She yeah. puts him on the defense. If someone, if someone calls anybody a racist or anything as heinous and hateful as that, you can't help but react the same equal opposite or reaction back. So they put him in an automatic position to fail, and it's... You know, I guess it's gaslighting. You know, I guess that's what the definition of that is. I guess it's the definition of antagonization. I mean, it's just so it's so unfair. It's just to call someone a race, especially someone who has no history of it. But they just manufacture it over and over and over and over. And the lemmings yeah. believe what they keep hearing. It's it's, it's reprehensible.
We can. We got to hear about her feet. No, I, I pushed back on it, Samantha. I've talked about it. Well, you know, it seems, and I feel like sometimes. No, yeah, what? exactly. I feel. <laughs> it's like, well, who cares about your feelings? It's not about your feelings. Well, I just want to make it clear, ma'am. Your feelings are wrong, and you're projecting your own racism on me. Your racism is actually offensive, ma'am. And while we're at it, let's talk about why we're here. Why we have dual um, town halls on top of each other at eight o'clock here tonight. And why um, there's a revolt at NBC, which is, this is so laughable, the whole thing that this is happening. NBC, people at NBC are revolting. They want, they want Chuck Todd fired. Not because he's a sucky anchor, which he is. Not because Meet the Press sucks every Sunday, because it does. No, because they think he's in the tank for Trump. How laughable is that? They think that he's responsible for getting NBC to do this. Yeah, well, Nancy thought that uh, Wolf was in the tank for the RNC. Yes, he's an apologist, you know. Yeah, of course. Talk about unhinged. Chuck Todd needs to be fired because NBC's doing this with Trump tonight, and they're pointing back to the fact that they, they were the ones who carried The Apprentice. Trump is stomping it right now. He ought to walk out. Social media seems to be... Well, social media will help because there's only so much of the town halls we can take. So social media keep weighing in on what you're right. seeing. Uh, will be great. And, and you know what? It's funny about Chuck Todd, because let's face it, he, he's been, you know, a, a foil for the president since the election. But this is for, for Chuck Todd. He should be getting he, he's probably going to get a huge bonus for this. What are you kidding me? Brilliant counter programming to ABC is NBC. Let me get I don't know the most uh, media savvy guy, the, the most important person in the world right now. Let me get him on TV. Now she's asking about the transfer of power. This oh, of course, because they're going to hit every shiny object talking point. We're going to get to the Amy Coney Barrett and the uh, so putting around the court. was this a town hall for him, or was this, you know, insurrect? I mean, I mean, a crucifixion. What was this? This is a town hall, and he said it. I'm going walking into the hornet's nest, but I do, I'll do it. I'm prepared. And he is. He has no fear of doing this with these um, hack reporters. He knows what he's going to get. And meanwhile, over there, Biden's, uh, you know, with the already set up, just like the last one they did. Joe Biden's here tonight with undecided voters. And then you see pictures of them asking him questions from three months ago. <laughs> or they've been on the network being interviewed about who they're going to vote for. They go, oh, probably Biden. Oh, he's an undecided voter. Let's have him ask a question. I mean, it's unbelievable. Hey, it's infuriating. This from Megyn Kelly. Remember her? Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Uh, fr- uh, on Twitter, she sa- she's, she's saying this is already much better for Trump than the last debate. So he's. he's right now, we're not allowed to watch it for more than three minutes in a row. Is that the rules? Is that NBC or CBS's rule, whatever network it is? Um, there's some kind of like restriction on us? Well, there's, well, there's about, th- I think, three minutes that you can take three minutes here and there. Oh, and uh, <laughs> from another Twitter account that I'm following, Trump once again refuses to condemn QAnon, praising the uh, very much against pedophilia, which he likes, and then he starts to, to attack Antifa. All right, G, let's dip into uh, courtesy here of, of, of NBC News. We, we don't have Joe Biden. Okay. Um, okay, so let's talk about how we got here. Let's talk about how we got here tonight, because one of the pieces of breaking news today was that Steve Scully was suspended indefinitely by C-SPAN. Who is Steve Scully, Damon? Well, Steve Scully was supposed to be. (laughs) Steve Scully was supposed to be the second moderator who, when the moderators were announced, everybody told me 
who's in this business, and I don't know many and talk to many, but I, I saw a lot of commentary and people said to me, Steve Scully is going to be good. He'll be, he'll be the best one. He'll call it down the middle. We, I've seen St- Steve Scully. He did the, some of the primary debates. He was great. He'll call it right down the middle. So what happens a couple weeks ago? Steve Scully tweets out to Scaramucci, should I respond to Trump? And, and Mooch replies, ah, don't give him. He's having a bad day already, and there's more bad things about to come, like as if he would know. Yeah, so like that it. breaks, <laughs> and people come out and say, well, what is this? And then they figure out that he was trying to direct message him, and he screwed up and tweeted it out publicly instead of direct messaging it to Scaramucci. And, um, okay, the Biden town hall's in commercial where I just got notified. So, um, so Scaramucci responds, and he says, oh, well, no, 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 my, my account was hacked. And what happened? We talked about it the next day on the show. Mm-hmm. How many people jumped right to his defense? Oh, everyone. In fact, one of the greatest tweets, I believe, was the guy from Politico said, uh, this whole right-wing conspiracy nut that he's an anti-Trump thing. And then I saw Molly Hemingway retweet it. That didn't age very well, did it? <laughs> well, there was a bunch of them. Joe Lockhart, yeah, specifically also said. Uh, but there was people even... Um, People said, no, no, no. To say this guy's a never-Trumper is, is ridiculous. I've known him for years. Well, what happened today? So the FBI supposedly supposedly got involved, which I, I wonder if he filed a false report with the FBI. Of, I, I don't know. I don't know how far it got of them looking into his supposed hacking of his account, which we, we had also brought up that this is not the first time he, he said he's been hacked. Well, what happened today? Today he had to admit that he was lying and uh, we had the story right. He was DMing Mooch, and he, and he, <laughs> he screwed busted. it up, and he yep. got caught. Yep. So think about this. So we're here tonight with two town halls on top of each other because the system, as the president said back then, is rigged, and it was totally rigged against him, and they were going to try to sabotage him with all the moderators. Well, you know what's interesting, too, about that? Because if, say, say, the, say Trump never got you never, never tested positive and, ha- you know, went through the whole o- ordeal of having a uh, coronavirus, right? The Chinese virus. Um, then this debate would have still been on, which means that story, he would have been disqualified. I guess they would have yanked him, what, last night as the moderator? Who would they would have gotten? Well, that's an interesting part of this story is that they never even attempted. You know, you look back and think, well, how did they unilaterally just make the decision to cancel it last week? If you remember. This is after the tweet went out and people started to question it. Then all of a sudden, they unilaterally just said, uh, you know what, we're just going to cancel it. And everybody said, well, why? He, he might very well be clear of this thing right. in 10 days or whatever it was. Why would they do this now? And so you look back now and you wonder if um, he came clean to the debate commission right away and they said, well, well let's, let's, let's just can this and not even look for a replacement. Because they never looked for a replacement, and they never said anything about it. Then they cancel it, so he gets better. Obviously, he could have clearly debated tonight without any problem. Yeah. And now we have dueling town halls. 
And uh, Steve Scully is suspended. Which is just ridiculous, by the way. What, put them day after day. All right, let's hear the question here, G, courtesy here of NBC News. And this is also happening in other economic sectors as well, including the travel industry and hospitality. Right. My question to you is, how are you going to get the United States back on track, both in terms of the economy and the pandemic? So it's happening. We just set a record, 11.4 million jobs. We are going to have a phenomenal third quarter, which will be announced on November 1st, just prior to the big November 3rd day where I think you're going to see a red wave. But we're going to have a tremendous announcement. I believe. I mean, we're going to find out. But GDP is going through the roof. Jobs, uh, real estate, houses, so many things are happening. So people were saying we're going to have a 42% unemployment. Look, this was a thing that came into our country and it happened 100, more than 100 years ago. And it happened now. They were talking about a 42% unemployment rate. Talking it about came that. out. I it just 20%. came out at 7.8% unemployment, and people can't even believe it. Our economy is going to be what? next year. If we don't have somebody exactly. that raises taxes and quadruples taxes, which uh, they want to do and kills everything, our economy is going to be phenomenal next year. We're going to have a phenomenal. And, and I'll tell you, Savannah, we had the greatest economy in the history of our country. All right, so let's dip out of this, year. G. So Savannah Guthrie, once again, acting as if she's a cabinet member. Um, or um, working it over maybe at the uh, Treasury Department saying, well, who said that 20%? Because that's what he's going to get all night. See, but here's the thing. As we talk about this, when we see the president go out and talk at these rallies, he's fluid in all subjects. Okay, he dominates the room. He's smarter than she is. And he's not going to take her nonsense. Right. So she can try to continue to be rude and she'll just come off looking rude. And then people on the left will think she's doing great and he's being rude to her. But he's not going to deal with that kind of nonsense and her acting like um, she knows more than he does or that somehow like she's over at the Treasury Department crunching the numbers. She doesn't know. Who says 40%? I saw 20. Well, is 20 good? What are you talking about? We're at seven, seven under eight, I believe. And GDP comes out November 1st at about 35%. Yeah, you saw that? That's what the prediction is yep. right now from the Atlanta Fed. Something around 35%, up from 32% they thought a month or two now, ago. Now, imagine what happens whenever, when Wall Street knows, the Main Street knows that this business and job creator, this manufacturing creator is is in for good people are going to spend now you see people take their masks off they feel safe again there will be an absolute explosion that we will see a 20 percent bounce in the market in my opinion if we see those things all happen at once so uh this is uh this is this is this is crazy the way he gets treated right now i just can't believe what i'm saying all right, let's go back to uh, courtesy of ABC here, G. Let's go back and see if Joe's still awake. Okay, still awake. That's good. Let's hear what he's talking about. Studies show that 58% will increase by 58% their chance of going all through uh, 12 years of school and going through successfully. We'll also provide for the ability to bring in social workers and, and school psychologists. We have one school psychologist in America now for every 1,507 kids. It should be one to 500, not just in, 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 in schools that are poor, but in all schools. 
schools because we learned that, for example, drug abuse doesn't cause mental illness. Mental illness causes drug abuse, the failure to get hold of people and, and deal with their anxieties. In addition to that, I, I provide for $70 billion for HBCUs for them to be able to have the wherewithal well, to they're do funded what already, so we don't need that do. Yeah, it's already been done. Have, nice try. You had eight years. Kind of foundational see, see, here's his, uh, I mean, I don't know. So I won't speak for you guys or the audience, but we've listened to 45 seconds of Joe Biden here. I have no idea what he's talking about. What the question might have been, I don't know if this is if this is education or if this is some broader plan of his. I have no idea what he's talking about. The one thing I do notice is Georgie's not interrupting him or challenging what he's saying. Okay, so here we so G just pointed out it's at the bottom there appealing to young black voters. Well, I might, Joe might want to. Um, I'll just point out to Joe. You can take it down, G. Point out to Joe that one of the thing other things in the news today. Um, not, not that he's come out and said, I'm all, I'm all over for Trump, but Ice Cube, the musician and rapper yeah. who has put out the contract for black America. And he's been, he's been pretty motivated on this, this as a lot of, um, P Diddy, a lot of, a lot of, uh, African-American musicians and, and other activists have been, but Ice Cube has been specifically active on this. So we come to find out over the last couple of days that when he put out his, he calls it, I believe, his contract with Black America, it was presented to both campaigns. And you can go look this up online because I may not have every fact correct. You? But we find out by Katrina Pearson, who tweeted that Ice Cube had given her permission to, to, to publicly announce that he had been working on the platinum plan with the president. And you say, whoa, okay. Well, how did that come to be? Here's how it came to be. He, he, he provided his plan to both campaigns. Do you know what the Biden campaign said to him? Well, yeah, this looks good, but we'll talk to you after the election. You know what the Trump campaign did? Immediately took some of what he had and, and put it into the platinum plan. So when the president gave that speech, I believe it was in Georgia or Atlanta a couple weeks ago about the platinum plan and unveiled it, some of what was in the contract with Black America was already in there. So that's what now he's coming out and, and saying. And he's, he's not coming out and saying that he's voting for Trump by any means. Right. But it just, it just shows you that leaders lead and guys who think they're basically entitled to your vote tell you, come back after the election. And I'll translate that for you. That means if we win, we'll see in four years because then we, you know, we don't need you. <laughs> we we don't won. Need you. Right. If we lose, we'll see in four years because we don't care anyways. Right. So that's what it means. So he went on TMZ today, Ice Cube, and he was asked about it. And, uh, of course, the guys on TMZ are trying to say, well, you know, no, it makes sense that he would tell you to wait till the after the election because he's not in power right now, really. What can he do? Yeah. That's, that's the standard response of saying, either way, if we lose when we're on to the next thing, we don't care. If we win, we've won. We don't need your vote anymore. We'll see you in four years. Either way, it's not going anywhere with the Biden campaign. Guaranteed. If, if anything, it's like you'll come back after the election. It'll be like, take a number, get in line, and, and don't expect your number to ever be called. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not monitoring. It's, it's hard to monitor the, the um, social media. If you, I'm glad you're with us if you're on America's Voice uh, Facebook what, page. The, 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 the rage towards Savannah is, is palpable on <laughs> okay, here. Okay, that's what I want to know. 
Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it's crazy. And now Joe's plagiarizing everything in, in Trump's plan. You know, it's the same old stuff we've been seeing. You know, now he's going to bring manufacturing back after he just completely partnered up with China, bent over and took a knee and started kissing their boots. Now he's now he's going to bring manufacturing back. He's going to make America great again. So since we're not looking at every second of it, if George, again, I remind you, John Solomon John Solomon was on this show last night, and I said to him, is there any way he gets through this debate without being asked about Hunter Biden in the emails? John Solomon said it would be journalistic malpractice if that's the case. I think so far we have full journalistic malpractice at ABC. I don't believe he's even been asked about it. So the social media audience can help us keep an eye on that since we're not watching every second of it. Uh, Speaking of watching it, let's dip in here. Who should we dip into, G? Trump. All right, let's dip into the president, <laughs> courtesy of uh, NBC, and let's see what's, uh, what's going on. If you replace Obamacare, what is your plan now in 2020 to make health care costs affordable for Americans like Good. myself? So we got rid of he the individual mandate of the on Obamacare, which was the worst part of Obamacare, and now you could actually say it's not Obamacare, because that's how big it was, where you had to pay a fortune for the privilege of not having to pay for bad health insurance. So we got rid of that. That was a big, big thing. And by doing that, and we will always have, by the way, we're always protecting people with pre-existing conditions, and I can't say that more strongly. But we've been able to bring health care costs way down. Now, I took over Obamacare, got rid of the individual mandate, made it good, managed it much better. Remember, they had the $5 billion uh, website disaster and all of the problems they had. The problem with Obamacare, it's not good. We'd like to terminate it, and we want a much less expensive health care that's a much better health care and that's where we're aiming and if we can do that and we have a very good chance of doing it but we've also brought down the price of Obamacare problem with Obamacare it basically is never going to be great and I want to give great health care so thank you very much on the pre-existing conditions this is such a big issue for voters okay here we go in point of fact your administration is about to go to the Supreme Court to argue to throw out the rest of Obamacare, which includes the protections for pre-existing conditions. So your administration is in court right now trying to get rid of that protection. In order to replace it with a much better health care at a much lower price and always, under all circumstances, we are going to protect the Republicans. And I mean, maybe I changed the party a lot over the last three years, but we will protect people with pre-existing conditions. And Savannah, what I want to do, get rid of the terrible Obamacare I've already done it to a large extent because, oh, Lord, as you know, the, the individual mandate is gone. That was the worst you've part. You've repealed, but you haven't replaced. Now, you've been no, in, in office no. almost four years. What we you, have had, done. you had both houses of Congress, Senate and, and House, in Republican hands, right. and there is not a replacement yet. That's right. I'm sorry, but if you look, we had both houses, and what did we do? We got rid of the individual mandate. But that the, went the through the legislature. repeal and replace. Look, look, we should be on the same side. I want it very simple. I'm going to put it very simple. We would like to terminate it, and we would like to replace it with something that's much less expensive yeah. and much okay. better. We that's good, Jay. So he's right. He's right. He's right. And she's she's, she's just mean. A, she's he just a hack, yes. a yelling, uh, talking over hack moderator. She like looks like she's them. afraid. She looks intimidated, she's, and her fear is forcing her to attack. Yes, yeah, and she's un- so uninformed, or she's like really. I'm, I'm whether she's uninformed or not, I'm not sure. 
Mal-informed. She's like the Democrats on the last couple of days with Amy Coney Barrett uh, about Obamacare. When they talk about Obamacare, they talk about pre-existing conditions. It's just a show. It is an absolute show, and they all know. They all know better. Right. The Affordable Care Act is not number one, not affordable, and it's not great care. That's the bottom line. Once you took the individual mandate out, they all know that the chances of that of that even though he wants to get it totally thrown out, is very, very low because of severability. And that's what the Supreme Court and these justices, when they think about that, that philosophy of once you take that out, can the rest of the law stand? That is where most likely they're going to fall. They're going to uphold the rest of it. because Not because they like it, Not because they believe in the policy, because that's what they try to do. If the rest of the law can stand, they have this judicial philosophy, this severability, which I learned a lot about the last couple days. And uh, if they can uphold the law, they'll uphold it. If they feel at all, it's constitutional. And once you took that part out, which was the most sketchy constitutional part of the law, the chances are, with the individual mandate gone, the rest of the law will stay. So, when, but, so that's number one. When she talks about pre-existing conditions, again, it's just, it, is just a, it is just an overblown talking point that they want to appeal to your heartstrings that Trump's trying to kill everybody. They're trying to get him to say anything that's editable, that they can, give a, they can take a 20-second answer that makes sense, that you're going to be okay with your pre-existing conditions and they want to say someone they can cut it into two and a half seconds see he's going to kill you he's going to kill you he wants you to die there is not a single listen to me now there is not a single senator republican or democrat that does not support mandating pre-existing conditions there's not one and they all know this so what would happen they would pass a law compelling states to cover pre-existing conditions. And that's it. That's the end of the story. Most of these states do it already. Mandate that you cover. You know, most of these things are covered by this at the state level, not the federal level anyways. They would pass a law to cover them. No one's going to fall through the cracks like she would make you believe. No one's going to die like she would make you believe. He's not trying to kill everybody by, go, by trying to get the rest of the law repealed. Even if it was, which I just told you I don't think it will be for those reasons, they would just pass a law mandating covering pre-existing conditions. Insurance companies aren't regulated by the federal government. They're regulated to state level. So, they, and so most of these things are covered now in most places. So no one's going to fall through the cracks. So it's just total, it's just total phony issue. They try to pull at your heartstrings. They try to frame Trump and the Republicans as they want to kill Grammy, push them over the edge, take everything away from them until they die. And it's just not simply not true. It is simply not true on either one of those uh, issues. The Obamacare, whether it gets repealed or not, what it would be, and especially the, the pre-existing conditions. There's not one senator on either side of the aisle that's like, oh yeah, take it away. Let's take them away if we can. And, not one. And they might as well tie that into the racist, uh, you know, shiny object. The racist, they'll, they'll spin it like they're going to make it so black people and poor people and minorities and Hispanics and 
can never get insurance. This the way they spin it is just it's so it's 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 punishing to the ears. It's uh, I don't know how you do this all these years, Dave. Let's go back to um, let's go back to Joe Biden and hear what question what we're talking about if we can figure it out here. Looks like he's on a new question uh, again. This is courtesy of ABC. Uh, what do we got here? Let's Told listen a little well bit. How to teach how to read? Well, cops don't have that breath. And there's a lot of things we can do. We shouldn't be defunding cops. We should be mandating the things that we should be doing within police departments and make sure there's total transparency. Got to take another quick break. We'll be right back. All right. So they were talking about policing. Um, (laughs) That was such a non-answer. We should be mandating the things that they should be doing within the police. Like what, Joe? Well, Joe wants to put a psychologist in every cop car. Meanwhile, uh, you know. I I mean, uh, the police do enough. Right, and he wants to bring kittens so he can what calm they people supp- down by what, petting them. What are the things that are supposed to be mandated? <laughs> are there things that are left out? What the heck is he talking about? Nobody ever asked him that. So I'm seeing a lot of people saying that obviously Biden's getting puffballs and Savannah Guthrie is debating Trump whether there's people there watching or not. And she keeps saying, here, I have a question for you. You're going to like this question. Well, what is she? what is going on over here? Let's hear a little bit of this, courtesy of NBCG. I don't love what's happening to San Francisco. Well, do I hear you right? It sounds like you're saying four hundred million dollars isn't that much. But are you are you are you confirming that yes, you do owe some four hundred million dollars? What I'm saying is that it's a tiny percentage of my net worth. That sounds like yes. And you'll see that soon because we're doing things. You know, we've given I think it's one hundred and eight or one hundred and twelve pages of financial detail to elections, and you know we have to file as as the president, as any politician, you have to file. Nobody ever looks at that. When they do, they see how incredible the company is. But more importantly, they see where this debt is. No, I don't owe Russia money. I don't owe. I owe a very, very small. It's called mortgages. People have a house. Any foreign bank, any foreign entity. Not that I know of, but I will probably, because it's so easy to solve. And if you'd like to do, I will let you know who who I owe whatever small amount of money. I want to say two things. Number one, it's a very small amount of money. Number two. No, it's very that's good, straight. G. It's now think about this. This is this wow. is somebody who has no clue, no clue what his business entails. Has never probably run a business. Has just been working the corporate deal forever. She probably makes very good money at NBC, but she has no clue what he does, how his business operates, how he does his taxes, what it is to own real estate, what it is to own depreciating assets, how these guys do the books, how n- none of that. None of that. She just frames it as he's a thief. Well, he owes 400 million and that sounds like a lot unless you have billions you dope. Yeah. Right, if you're worth 10 billion then 400 <laughs> million, so it's it's like if you're but worth even if you're worth 3 billion if you owe $400 million, you're going to finance it. What would be the right. point of taking of that portion of your wealth and just paying that debt down when you can get low interest at this yep. point? Right. No yep. man in the world with a brain wouldn't take one and a half, two and a half, three percent interest. It's like free money. Yeah. You factor that against inflation, you know, what's the point? What are you losing a point to hold your money now to use it for something else you can make eight points, 12 points on? What are we talking about here? It's, it's, because it, the number it looks like it's so much 
That's the thing. And that's what she's trying to get across. Like, oh, my God, you don't understand how much $400 million is. Well, it's I like, do know this. Well, you know, to a guy who's got billions, eh, it's, it's a manageable debt. It's like, you know, hey, if you make uh, eighty grand a year and you got $5,000 in, in, uh, in credit card debt, you're probably in the same boat. Here's, here's Savannah. I know what $400 million is. It's uh, half of Joe Biden's wealth, who's had 47 years of public service. Where did he get $200 million from? That's a really good question. <laughs> yeah. How about that, Savannah? Where's the questions on that? You know, uh, Mr. President, you've donated your salary. You came into office worth this. You've lost money since you've been here. You're the only president to come in a billionaire and probably lose money. Meanwhile, Joe Biden um, comes in. It's worth. He's got a three million dollar house here. He's got. He's worth a couple. His does son. He, doesn't he have like a sixteen million dollar house in Delaware? The single most expensive house in all of Delaware. Or something to that effect. How about his brothers? A multimillionaires. Yeah. His his son. I mean, the money. How that, uh, that happened? Oh, we know. But what are the so? Let, but let me ask. Here's here's my question. What are you getting out of, for those of you trying to watch both or watch just the president, what are you getting out of the president's town hall right now? I've watched about a minute and a half, two, three minutes of it all put together here with you, and I have no idea what you could possibly be getting out of what she's doing over there. She's elic- it's like being in the press room every day. She's eliciting no information for the viewers that you're going to have any interest in. All she's trying to do is it's, slash and nick and slash at him. She's over auditioning and over. for the view. Or auditioning for The View. Right. And over at Biden, I assume, from what I've seen so far, it's just nonsensical softballs from George. Nothing about his son. Nothing about his emails. Nothing about anything. And over here, he's debating her. And she's going down every rabbit hole of every... It's not even a debate. She's nitpicking while he's trying to explain and be fair. She's not debating even... Debate would be polite. They would take turns. They would listen to each other, let each other finish a thought. But this is just pecking. Um, I see some of our friends, uh, Raheem Kassam, said that Joe Biden's answer on policing is not going to help him with people um, people who are interested in law and order. Uh, Dan Bongino said, Savantha Guthrie is without a doubt the worst moderator <laughs> I've ever seen. Our own David Brody, the host of The Water Cooler here right on Real America's Voice at 4 p.m. every day, says they should rename this town hall and call it a national town hall with Savannah Guthrie. Um, And that's just a little bit. Richard Grinnell, who I love, Ambassador Grinnell, says keeps interrupting on every Trump answer. Yes, let's hear a Supreme Court question here with Trump. With Biden, I'm sorry. Reading online what the uh, what the judge said was she didn't answer very many questions at all. And I don't <laughs> even think she has laid out much of a judicial philosophy in terms of the basis upon which she thinks are there unenumerated rights in the Constitution and the list. So, number one. So I think there's re- great reason to be concerned for the LGBT community, something I've fought very hard for for a long time yeah, to right. make sure there's equality across the board. Number two, well, I highly opposed it with Tim Russell. Well, health care overall is Wait, very much in jeopardy as a consequence of the president's going to go directly after this election, directly to the Supreme Court within a month to try to get Obamacare wiped out after we've already, 10 million people have already lost their insurance from their employer and wants to take 20 million people out of the system as well, plus 100 million people with pre-existing conditions. So there's a lot at stake. 
I don't think it's appropriate. I think the Constitution implies. There's no I provision think? in the Constitution. I think My it implies. Is, I've been wait, 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 teaching constitutional law for 21 years. Yeah, right. and it was 20 years last powers. time. The Constitution implies that the way the people have a right to determine who's going to be on the court is how they vote for their senators and their presidents. All right, take it down. Take the audio down. <laughs> now think about how idiotic what he just said is. I think the Constitution implies. So if that's the standard, we don't have a Constitution. Well, what do we have? If we can, well, I think it implies this. So that we'll just <laughs> roll with be that. be more vague? Oh. Wait, are you talking about the thing? <laughs> yeah, it must be the thing. I think it implies. I think it says the president uh, does something and then the Senate guess. does something. But I think it implies if the people really say, no, 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 don't do it. If they really say hard, no, don't do it now. I think it implies that they shouldn't do it. Right. I love that he said 20 million. Like, he's so good with numbers off the top of his head. Right. I, I, caught, I taught constitutional law for 21 years. Well, the last time he said he taught it for 20 years. If he's taught it for two minutes, I'd be surprised. First things first. <laughs> if he could Have you ever heard it, a I'd constitutional lawyer say, I think it implies. Have you ever heard that? Like, no. <laughs> it's not like remotely <laughs> No, definitive. I think it implies. So it's just, uh, officer, officer pulls you over. You know you were speeding. No, well, no, no, no. I, I, I think... I think the law, sir, says, I think it implies that I can actually go 80 as miles an hour. As fast as I like. Right. The, the speed limit is just, think the, again. The, the, the five zero there is just a suggestion. It implies that my car could go 50 miles an hour, but I was taking it f- faster than that. That's an idiotic argument on his part, but what do you, ex- I'm not surprised. So, uh, did you say the president's back on with the little tyrant there? Let's hear this. And that they can't trust Republicans' word. So when I was elected and when a president is elected, they're elected for a period of four years. Oh, and just Supreme as Court. Ginsburg said it best, I think talking about President Obama having to do with somebody else, that the president is put there for four years, not for three years. So during this fourth year, it happened to come up, unfortunately, because I had great respect for Justice Ginsburg, but a vacancy happened to come up and we picked somebody that's outstanding. She has been an absolute star. And and I'm extremely proud of it. But again, plenty of time. I mean, there's plenty of time. We're going to do it before the election, but we also have much time after the election, but there's no reason to wait because it's almost unanimous, it seems to me, certainly within the Republican Party and, frankly, most of the Democrats within closed rooms. I guarantee you that this is an outstanding person. And I'm using my fourth term. And, and you know, if you look at it and if you put the shoe on the other foot, if they had this, they would do it 100%. So there's been 29 times when this has happened, all 29 times a president has right. done exactly what watch I've done. Watch the, good, hey, watch the woman on the, the right of Trump's shoulder. Yeah, she keeps with the she's, she's got a red mask on. She's nodding a lot whenever he answers. Let's hear what uh, the tyrant here is saying. Garland, and you said, I think the Senate should wait until the next president and let the president yeah, pick. Because not the same situation, Savannah. Before the election. This is three weeks so before I the election. Respect, by the way, so you, you have changed your position on this. I have a lot of respect for Judge Garland, I want to tell you that. But I'll tell you, the, the whole ball game changed when I saw the way they treated Justice Kavanaugh. I have never seen yeah. any human yeah. being, and I'm not just talking about <laughs> Supreme Court, I, I have never be seen a human being treated so badly All with right, false accusations. Well, so that's even the point he's making now is fine, but that has nothing to do with. We've talked about this. When Merrick Garland came up, you had a Democratic president and you had you had just had an elected uh, Republican majority Senate. So the president still did his job and the Senate did theirs. 
And they said, no, we're not taking this up. And that would be the same in any situation where you had that. Right. And he, like he said, 29 times it's happened. 29 times the president has put up a, put up a nominee. So they try to compare the difference between now that we have a um, Republican president and you have a Republican held Senate. It's totally different. It's not even, this, not even close to the same. So, but they keep using that argument as they will with all these things. But he's got the facts on his side. Hey, uh, uh, Greg Gutfeld on Twitter is saying it takes a, a lot to make Trump look like the bullied one, but Samantha Gun- Guthrie is nailing it with flying colors. She's putting in an over-the-top performance as a frantic host. What did he say? It's hard to what? Uh, make Donald Trump look like the bullied one. So she's, she's, she's coming off as the bully. Well, there's no doubt about it. There's absolutely no doubt about that. That's exactly what she's doing. Everybody is, is weighing in. Sean Davis from The Federalist. Guthrie is now having a temper tantrum about Merrick Garland lacking the votes for SCOTUS confirmation in 2016. And then he also tweeted that NBC's hand-picked Democrat question asker just falsely claimed Republicans oppose every, ever filling a SCOTUS vacancy in election year. What the GOP actually said was there be no confirmations if the White House and the Senate were controlled by different parties, which is what we just talked about. Hey, so, uh, Trump War Room just texted out, Joe Biden just admitted he is open to rigging the Supreme Court by adding more seats for liberal activists. He's talking about destroying America's third branch of government. That just happened. Which is, um, should be disqualifying to most people who hear that. If you have, every, if you have any... Uh, intention of keeping separation of powers and the things that the country was founded on that institution of the supreme court facebook is in uh is the broadcast is interrupted i don't know if you're seeing that or not no um all right uh live from studio 6b on real america's voice pluto tv dish network channel 219 pluto tv channel 240 we're monitoring in uh in real time here as best we can both town halls and the president's basically in a fight with the host. <laughs> and Joe Biden is over there relaxed with George Stephanopoulos. Um, let's hear what the former vice president's talking about here, courtesy of ABC. It's taken away. There's going to be, I promise you, between four and eight Republican senators are willing to, going to be willing to move on things where there's bipartisan consensus. Last example I'll give you. You know, after uh, we, uh, uh, the, uh, after Trump had been elected, named the next president, wasn't sworn in yet, I've been working on a thing called the cure, a bill relating to cancer cures, okay? And we worked with a number of Democrats and Republicans, and we had a bill that was about $9 billion that made significant increases in research and development on cancer alternatives, NIH, and particularly cancer, specific cancer initiatives. And we only had, at the time, I think it was a, a 111 or 114, whatever it was, votes in the, in, in, in the House. I don't hold the exact number. And we had fewer than 40 in the Senate. But after he was elected, I got those people together as vice president, and we sat down and we worked it out. And we ended up getting to pass 396 votes in the House and, and uh, 94 votes in the Senate. And at the end of the day, because it ha- had to do with the King right, Biden cancer moonshot I've been working on. I don't know what the moonshot is. He's the moonshot. 
<laughs> My God. He's a more of a moon rock. Hey, uh, Judith Klein, uh, who's watching us uh, through the Facebook page, just said, oh, Joe, I watched most of the judicial hearings and Amy Coney Barrett answered more questions in three days than you have all year. Yeah, I mean, so I don't know where you're getting your information. Yeah, from. well, because Joe wrong. didn't see any of it. He didn't watch any of it because he would have no idea what she was talking about. Again, as I said, when we watched Amy Coney Barrett, uh, most of the people asking her questions uh, couldn't pass her own um, class if she was giving a class on constitutional law. Joe certainly Joe wouldn't even make it into the room. No, he, he probably couldn't even qualify. If there was like an entrance exam. He wouldn't make it. So uh, just it's really just unbelievable. But I, I, I think the president knew what he was walking into tonight as he talked about it today. Katie Pavlich, uh, well, I just lost it, had basically said, uh, said something about, are you sure about the court packing, Rick? Because I'm not seeing that he said that. I am seeing Raheem Kassam say Biden has once again brought up the death of his son, Bo. Um, of course, he's the only son he talks about. A horrible politicking on the grave of his own family, which we've talked about on this show before. He does it a lot, and it's it's somewhat uh, sickening. Yeah, like I like I mentioned, that that tweet came from the Trump war room. So I'm assuming they're they're watching intently. It's like he has Munchausen syndrome. Who who said what? Well, he's got like that Munchausen, just the sympathy for a dying kid. Or it's just he's just it's. Well, you know what it is. It's he, so he pathetically uses... or abort. Like, that's the kind of no, baby. No. That, he uses the death up. of his son for 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 sympathy. That's because the, he that's knows nobody's going to attack him on it. Yeah, that's what that the definition. That's what that affliction is. It's he terrible. knows nobody's going to attack animal, him. On only it. a real animal would do that. Right. He knows that's his buffer. If I mention Bo, they won't say anything. But if I talk about Hunter, ah, he's the black sheep. I got to deal with this kid. Kitty Pavlich said, Joe Biden now saying voters do have the right to know whether he will pack the court, depending on how the Barrett confirmation nomination is handled, whatever that means. So he's, he's still flip-flopping. Um, just seeing what, el- what else is going on on social media here. What's the, uh, is the president up, G? Let's dip into the president in here to the United States who fled Eastern Europe due to religious persecution. Right. Uh, the United States immigration policies are very personal for me. Right. Surveys show that most Americans and the majority of Republicans support the Dreamers program. So my question for you, Mr. President, is if you are elected to a second term, do you expect to pursue your previous efforts to cut the DACA program? Why or why not? And the DACA, DACA is somewhat different than Dreamers, you understand that, and you understand it better than anybody probably in this room. Where do you come from, by the way, originally? My grandparents were from Russia and Poland. That's very good. Okay. So we are going to take care of DACA. We're going to take care of Dreamer. We, it's working right now. We're negotiating different aspects of immigration and immigration law. We've built now over 400 miles right, geez, of water good. wall, southern border. Um, well, so, I mean, the president obviously there can talk about the DACA proposals. Rick Delgado, you've talked about this on this show before, the offers he's made. Yeah. And uh, 
Pelosi and the team just play politics with it. Yeah, I, I wish he would bring up that, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, he made a fantastic offer, almost, you know, more than doubling what the Democrats were actually asking for. He was giving them one million more and they said no. I wish he would bring that up and kind of throw it in their face and be like, look, I've been trying to get it done. Pelosi doesn't want to do it. She wants to use it as a political football. So if you've got a problem with it, talk to her. She knows where I stand because I've already offered 1.8 million people. And, um, of course, he could also say that with not only that, he can say it with um, he could say it with uh, criminal justice reform. Yep. With Tim Scott that he tried to get done. And they said, no, no, we'll just use it as an issue. So he can say it about many things. He could say it about that. And he could say it now about coronavirus relief. As he continues to try to get a bill, he continues to tweet, I'm ready to sign. He continues to tweet, go big. And what's Nancy Pelosi doing? She's uh, in her very crackpot fascist way (laughs) arguing with Wolf Blitzer. (laughs) She really is not. She was crazy last night. That was awesome. Yeah, I mean, the the, the ability to, like, give all of the stimulus to just the people, what a a novel idea. Supposed to giving it all to bankers or Wall Street or stupid rules about voting. Like, all the pork that she's stuffing in there, all this money for blue states that have supported Antifa and, and other communist organizations and burning and rioting and lawlessness and the destruction of private property. What We, we should bail that out. Well, that's yeah, that's we should. That's what she wants. And um, speaking of the rioting again, Joe Biden, according to our social media audience, has not been asked so far about Hunter Biden in the emails. He has not been asked about basically throwing in with and supporting Antifa, not denouncing that. I don't think he's been asked about any of that. He hasn't been asked about his 110 page manifesto with Bernie Sanders. Um, He hasn't been asked about Facebook and Twitter today. Basically making an in-kind donation to his campaign and basically censoring the ability for people to get news in the country. The biggest story from the fourth biggest circulating newspaper in the country, the New York Post, as Twitter and Facebook took it upon themselves to just not let people get to it or share it or read it. So I'm sure he's not going to be any questions about that. He's not going to be any questions about his son. Um... And I'm sure there's no questions about the the emails and the computer. The Post came back today and reported that not only Ukraine was in this deal, but now the emails show that Hunter Biden sought lucrative deals with the Chinese and a Chinese firm as well. He wanted $10 million just to just to be basically on call. Well, and that was just to put the call together from what I read, right? right? And was, the didn't they then offer yeah. a counter for deal where they said they will, yeah. give a 50, exactly, they will give 50% of all the profits if he can create this deal, come on, man, come on, come on, man. Does anybody have any journalistic integrity left? Does anybody? Well, the Federalist does. Jordan Davidson has a um, had something out today. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, Democratic nominee Joe Biden's son Hunter allegedly pursued business deals with one of China's largest energy companies in an attempt to cash in. Quote for me. And my family, according to a second bombshell report published by the New York Post today, the story follows the shocking report published Wednesday, revealing emails, documents and photos detailing how how uh, Hunter leveraged uh, his father's position as vice president for gain with the Ukrainian energy company Burisma. Twitter and Facebook censored Wednesday's story, preventing it from being linked in posts or direct message. The Post reports that 
emails found on this laptop, and I saw Rudy Giuliani out there a bunch of places today talking about what he has, what he's released, and what he still has to come to release. He says he's only gotten through about 30% of the hard drive. And he said um, the Post is in possession of the hard drive now, and they've only gotten through about 20% of it. And we've seen some of the pictures that have leaked out. I mean, creepy. this kid is, has huge problem i mean in in some ways uh, on the on that just that alone you feel i feel kid needs help of course of course we feel bad for a drug addict but think about it this way if your son had those kind of problems and your only job as a father is to care for the people you love especially your children right and your wife at this point right now he is such a disaster (laughs) you're going to put him with russian and ukrainian mobsters chinese ccp government who have zero respect for human life and you're going to put him in harm's way just so you can get your peace so you can get your beak wet you sick son of a gun think about would you ever put your kid in any kind of harm's way for any kind of money what would it take what is your price wait wait a minute paul he told axios that he didn't know what he was doing are you saying you don't believe him they don't talk about that stuff oh that's right biden never lies my bad let's jump at the conclusions i think he was on uh axios i think i had the clip from yesterday here let me pull it up Uh, well you know what while you find that clip there damon um trump is done by the way he only did an hour with savannah guthrie giuliani actually said there's 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 some things on the hard drive and that china actually has a copy as well and they've been extorting them and they can use that as leverage so that automatically you know, would, would would put him in a position where he would need to be removed from office, even if he did win the presidency. You know what, Rick? We've talked Which about this crazy. in the past. Right, Rick? We've talked about what's the greatest form of currency in, in global politics. Blackmail. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what Rudy's talking about all day. That, that's the position he put himself in, to be blackmailed. If And, and he says the second... He said, he talks about the things in, in forms of there's certain deals here. He says there's two deals specifically that he's analyzed. He said, I think the second deal was already a blackmail deal, the way he reads it. Right. But so here, cut 41, G. So here is a little bit of um, what Paul was just talking about and how Joe says... Uh, he didn't know. Roll that. And uh, I didn't realize he was on the board till after it was after he'd been on the board. How was your role as vice president in, in charge of policy in Ukraine and your son's job in Ukraine? How is that not a conflict of interest? It's not a conflict of interest. There's been no indication of any conflict of interest from Ukraine or anywhere else. But even period. I'm not going to I'm not going to respond to that. Let's focus on the problem. Focus on this man, what he's doing that no president has ever done. No president. For your guard. Will Hunter campaign with you? Yes. Well, when will when will we see him? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, he's he's out in the West Coast. Uh, he's going to be teaching at law school next year, so I, I'm I'm not sure. But no, he's, he's not teaching. I see him. I talk to him. Yeah, he's teaching and, law uh, school. Yeah. So <laughs> yes. When you why do you think he'll when be you heat up the campaign? baking powder? Because he's my son. That's what he's, he's teaching. My man. He's been through hell. <laughs> All right, well, let's dip in. I know Joe's still on. Let's dip in courtesy here of uh, ABC. Let's hear a little bit of what Joe's Not talking about. Green Deal. The new Green Deal oh. calls for elimination of all all 
non-renewable energy by 2030. You can't get there. You're going to need to be able to transition, George, to be able to transition to get to the place where we invest in new technologies that allow us to do things that get us to a place where we get to net zero emission, including in agriculture. I've laid out a detailed plan. We should be taking the plan where we allow significant more land to be put in conservation, playing deep-rooted plants which absorb carbon from the air, and in fact pay farmers to do it. We can do things like pelletize all the chicken manure and all the horse manure and cow manure, and they can be the and take manure. out the, um, the the methane and use it as fertilizer and make a lot of money doing it. For example, right now down in, in and uh, people when I say that they wonder what I'm talking about. The biggest Phew. carbon sink in the world is the Amazon. More carbon absorbed from the air, diminishing global warming in the Amazon than all the carbon emitted on a yearly basis from the United States of America, from all vehicles and all means. So we have to use our imaginations. We have to move in the direction as well, providing for electric vehicles. Electric vehicles will save billions of gallons of oil. Create right, gee, estimated the carbon so, footprint on electric vehicles has been proven. There's no way it's the, the answer right now down the road, maybe. Do you ever look into the Clintons and his dealings and other people's dealings in those rainforests and how much money they've made obliterating that land? Go ahead. Look into that. I'll wear my tinfoil hat for this segment, too, I guess. So he um, he started as we jumped in there by saying something about the Green New Deal and having getting rid of all fossil fuels by 2030 and saying you can't get there. Well, he has that exact language in his 110-page manifesto that he signed off on with Bernie Sanders, along with all kinds of other stuff, electricity sectors, energy inefficiency, and housing, uh, new buildings, net zero new buildings by 2030, net zero emissions for all new buildings by 2030 on the pathway to 100% clean building sector. I'm reading from the 110-page manifesto. Re retrofit 4 million buildings. Oh retrofit God. 2 million households. Increase funding for retrofits. Eliminate energy poverty. Streamline requirements. Oh, wait. He's got el eliminating energy poverty? Oh, that's good. I like that. He's what got, is that gobbledygook? But he's got right in here by eliminating all fossil fuels by 2030. And then he says to George, well, 20, you know, they, the Green New Deal is eliminating all fossil fuels by 2030. You can't get there. <laughs> well, George doesn't say, well, then w what the hell is this? What, did, you, did you sign off on this or not? Of course not, he doesn't. Because he's not a, he's, he's, he's just a Democratic operative, like all of them. He's not there to ask any questions that are going to get any information or actually make this guy stand on his own two feet and tell us what he actually are you going to are you going to ruin the suburbs or not are you going to destroy the energy now that we're energy independent in this comp in this country or not you know it's like watching a segment on uh qvc where the host georgie is setting up the pitch man to uh basically sell you a bill of goods that will only destroy you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Joe is basically selling his version of the slap chop. <laughs> you know? Slap chop. What a great Joe reference. <laughs> the we'll just call him slap chop Joe. Slap chop Joe. That's great. Sham wow Joe. <laughs> again, if you haven't read the Biden-Sanders Unity Task Force uh, recommendations, combating the climate crisis and pursuing environmental justice I would suggest you all do it. Read about it. Go read about the AFFH rule, what they want to do to the suburbs. I keep hearing about it. 
He, the president keeps bringing it up. So, I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable here. So the president's done and Biden's over there still getting softball. So uh, well, we haven't checked social media at all tonight. Well, actually, uh, the, I guess uh, there was a pretty funny moment. Uh, the Daily Caller t- just tweeted out uh, one of the people that asked uh, President Trump a question at the town hall. She, she was, uh, I guess, quite smitten with the president. She says, you're so handsome when you smile. Okay, And she was like giggling and he was laughing because I guess it was a little, a little bit awkward. It's on their Twitter feed. I don't know if Gio, if you could pull that up, it could be funny to listen to. It's awesome. Uh, David Brody just said, I just watched the real Donald Trump town hall. Then I switched over to the Joe Biden town hall. It was like going from an exciting IMAX surround sound action film to a black and white movie from the 20s. <laughs> a silent film. What are those things, those sleep talk down videos on YouTube, the ASR or MSR? That's what Biden, every time he talks, it's like, <sighs> you know, it's like. Uh. Um, yeah, Judy Jasser, the great Judy Jasser. Can someone please wake me up after the Joe Biden town hall finishes answering the fracking question? I would love to have heard what Joe says about fracking because now he's, I guess he's all for it, even though we have him on tape for a year telling everybody how he's going to get rid of it. Right. He talks about it in the manifesto. He's going to get rid of it. But now he's all for it because he's got to win Pennsylvania. I guess so, they, they, they did talk about a mask mandate with Biden. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Biden said you can't mask mandate a mask, uh, you know, mandate a mask nationwide. You can go to every governor and say, ask people to wear a mask. Stephanopoulos said, and if they don't, Biden said, then you go to every major, uh, every mayor, every councilman, every local official and say, mandate the mask. So basically it's, it, it's using heavy handed, uh, you know, federal pressure to get a mask mandate nationwide. So he does want one. He will absolutely. Well, he has no plan. This is what's laughable about the fact that he says he's going to criticize the president. When what what is Joe Biden? Where has Joe Biden been throughout these last seven, eight months, nine months, whatever the hell it is, with anything that the president hadn't already done, or with some great new uh, idea? I mean, he did talk to the president throughout this. I didn't, the, you think, do you think this president, if Joe Biden had given him anything that made any sense that he would have thought would have had any positive effect, he wouldn't have come out and talked about it? I know everybody on the left will say, of course he wouldn't. I think he would. So, I mean, Joe Biden has nothing. He has no plan for the violence in this country. He has no plan for law enforcement in this country. He has no plan for coronavirus dealing with it at all. He wrote one op-ed, I think, on January 26th or 27th. He keeps calling for things that the president's already done. What, G? Biden's being asked about Middle East peace deals. Well, he didn't. He he was vice president for eight years and didn't make any. So I don't know why they'd be asking him because that him and his uh, that him and his boy Obama set they killed the most people ever. They did good. Talk about the Guinness Book record they have. Well, all right. Well, courtesy of ABC, let's hear a little bit of what he's saying. 
were asked who they trust more, who's a better leader, and the president came in behind both the national survey, international survey, both behind Putin as well as um, uh, Xi. And look what Putin's doing. You know, you have Americans, bounties on American military's heads in Afghanistan. There are more people there now, by the way, than when I left, when we left in Afghanistan. And we find ourselves in a situation where uh, he's talked to Putin six times, hadn't said a word to him. And NATO is on the risk of beginning to crack because they don't doubt, they doubt our concern. NATO's, maybe they're going to go bankrupt because they're actually paying now, but they're not going to crack, Joe. Standard standard uh, operating procedure. Lie about stories that the old smear campaign, right? That's what Pelosi said. It's the old smear thing. Put it out there. Have the, the media report on it. Yeah. Wrap up smear. They, point, they report on it. Then you point to it and go, no, look, it's real. Same thing they did with Russia, 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 by the way. Three and a half years. That's what they did. The news cycle and everyone validates each other's lie. Leak information. Once the information's leaked. They run with it, and then they point to their own leak going, hey, well, look at these. These guys are reported on it. It's got to be true. No, yeah, Trump was in Russia peeing on beds with hookers. No, it's right there. That's, it's got to be right. You know, you, you talk about that, right? That, that story made it everywhere, but there was no you know, foundation for it. Then there was the Stormy Daniels. It was National Stormy Daniels Day. She's on The View. She's on every morning show. She's everywhere. She makes the entire circuit like she's like uh, Bruce Willis doing Die Hard 4. You know, she's making the circuit. But when Obama had those two people who came out talking about they were in the limo with them, well, the one guy especially had the in the limo with them, smoking crack, they had sex. Obama came to his house the next day. That was in the news for about two and a half days. They went to court. They, the, the guy, I can't remember his name, sued. That story was gone. He was in Dinesh D'Souza's new movie, Trump Card, which I forgot all about it because it came and it went as quickly as, uh, you know, Biden's ac- accuser, which I can't remember her name now because it's never in the news. Tara Reid. Tara, Tara Reid. Tara Reid had to go to Australia to get on 60 Minutes. Now, why, you say, would, would 60 Minutes in America not be interviewer since Joe Biden is accused of raping her and he's running for president here? I don't think he's he may have a better luck in Australia. Because maybe they would understand his nonsense better, because we certainly can't. But he's running for he's running for president here, and in Australia, sixty minutes had a interview Tara Reid. <laughs> not sixty minutes here. No, Anderson Cooper is not not interviewing her for sixty minutes. So a couple other things from social media. Joe Biden says police should try shooting dangerous criminals in the leg again tonight. We heard Good this. God. So this is, again, um, as Ben Shapiro points out, this is a key talking point for morons who know nothing about guns. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Ari Fleischer, I just switched to NBC since ABC's in commercial. Savannah Guthrie has interrupted Trump in just these 60 seconds, more than Stephanopoulos has done to Biden in 40 minutes. NBC has an interrogation on ABC has a picnic. <laughs> they're, they're close to holding hands. Hey, uh, Mark Simone, the great uh, radio host at WOR in New York, he just uh, he just switched over and tweeted out, going from the Trump town hall to the Biden town hall is like changing channels from the Terminator to on Golden Pond. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly right. It's funny because it's nice. true. 
Tim Young says, I missed the Biden town hall. Did they give him a butterscotch candy every time he correctly answered? <laughs> I remember that commercial. Oh, my God, I'm old. <laughs> every time he correctly answered the softball questions that they asked. Here's a Werther's for you. <laughs> and uh, Rick Delgado, you picked up on this right away. I'm seeing a lot of people talking about the star of the Trump town hall was the woman sitting over Trump's shoulder. Yeah, actually, I, I grabbed that off of somebody else because somebody else pointed it out. Yeah, wasn't I think that I Kathy retweeted. Holcomb pointed that out? I think so. Yeah, she's great. Kimberly. Kimberly. That's, what I, that's how great she is. Sorry. Yeah, she's great. She is she's great. great. Um, somebody, <laughs> somebody pointed out that Joe Biden had tweeted that he wasn't going to raise taxes on uh, if you, anybody who made $400,000 or less. And someone tweeted out today, uh, Eddie Zipper said, well, if you make over 400000 are you going to take half? <laughs> That's brilliant. Based uh, on the uh, There emails. you go, big guy. Take your half, big guy. Hey, I just got a text. Uh, check this out. Biden just said kids choose to be transgender. Kids. I think Joe is uh, going bye-bye now. Well. Because we all know it's the demented parents that are pushing kids to do some of these things, which, you know, let's face it, kids... Every kid likes to play dress up at some point. Doesn't mean they want to be a girl or they want to be a boy or maybe some girls are tomboys for a little while or, or you know, boys, you know, they have an older sister and the sister convinces them, oh, dress up like, like Jasmine. You'll look great. We've all seen it. I still have the costume. Um, I'm just saying. <laughs> what? Did I say I'll, that I'll be your laugh track because you were hanging out there. That's how much I love you, kid. Uh, Did I say that out loud? Oh, that's geez. funny. All right, let's dip into. He um, looks terrific in heels, so I don't want anyone giving him a hard time. Oh, uh, Biden's in break. All right, Biden's in break. So, I mean, did you guys see this story? Do you want me to do this? Yeah. Because uh, I mentioned this to you last night. A federal judge is allowing a whistleblower complaint to proceed against the Clinton Foundation. Ruling uh, the IRS abused its discretion in trying to dismiss allegations of nonprofit wrongdoing by one of America's most famous criminal families. U.S. Oh, it says political families. I misread that. Uh, U.S. Tax Court Judge Dave Gustafson uh, uh, denied the Internal Revenue Service request for uh, the summary motion ruling the whistleblower complaint by John Moynihan, a former DEA agent. And Larry Doyle, a corporate tax compliance expert, provided specific credible documentation supporting their allegations of a possible tax-exempt legal violation by the Clinton charity based in Arkansas. And Gustafson said the agency's whistleblower office wrongly denied Monaghan and Doyle's claims because the IRS Criminal Investigation Office sent the email saying the issue in the complaint were closed. Uh, the judge said uh, he had reason to believe that the evidence from the IRS and the FBI engaged in some uh, investigative activity. And uh, the uh, they basically, you know, they basically said the IRS abused its power and uh, the Clintons abused their political influence. No, uh, you're which kidding. Which is surprising. Oh, I'm shocked. The IRS and the Clintons acting by in that. ill will? You think, uh, you think, something, you think something's going to happen to them? <laughs> um, I would imagine that someone's going to write a stern letter of disagreement yeah. and they'll all move on their way. Well, it's like we talked to uh, John Solomon about last night, right? Where people are getting sick of, really sick of, nothing happening to any of these people. Sick of it. Who well, think they're in an episode of uh, Spy Games and just doing what they want to do. And their whole attitude is, well, we're not going to get caught. And if we do get caught, nothing's going to happen. Right. Because, it's- look, so we'll unmask people. We'll uh, spy, we'll send spies in, 
will uh, do all kinds of um, horrible behavior, and we're not going to get caught. Then there's Bill Barr and in, in Durham, and then no, oh, it's, oh they, they're not, uh, he's going this direction. Oh, he's going that direction. He's going this direction. Bruce Orr slips out the back door. We keep getting more information. John Solomon continues to do great reporting. All this stuff. Durham comes out unmasking nothing. That's all done now. No one's going down for any of that. Not even a single charge. Well, my question, and this, when I heard about the unmasking thing, I, my my initial reaction was, eh. Who cares? Because the unmasking thing, I think, is is like the smallest, smallest thing, right? Because the, the other stuff, Ugh. we think the spying and the, the false narrative. And, it's amazing uh, you could say who cares. That just tells no, you no, scary. No, uh, no it's scary, but no, it's no, no, exactly no, no. right, Damon. L- hear me out. because No, we understand. Because wasn't it the Obama administration gave these people the latitude to unmask? Yeah, they so widened kinda, all of the... It was kind of within... They're allowed to do it, so it's not really a... Was it a crime? I don't think so. So it's like, is that really something to be upset about? Or uh, is it... You're not let's allowed... Let's take a look at well, the no, stuff you can't that's do it on You're not allowed to do it if you're Samantha Powers and you're the U.S. ambassador to uh, Ireland or whatever the hell she was. But I don't know... She's not but, some part of some investigative body I who needs to see who Citizen One is. Oh, I understand that, but they did did relax those rules and widen it to let those people do it. That's what I'm saying is that if it was, if she had done it prior to that relaxation of those rules, then that's a problem. But because, because it happened afterwards. Huh? I think it's still a problem. I think it's a problem, but as Rick, to Rick's point, I don't know if I'm going to, I'm agreeing with you the way you want me to, but, but to compare to all the catastrophic stuff that has gone on the last 20, 30, 40 years. I mean, this is so small by, by means of all the other corruption is right. really the way I see it. It's why it's like, all right, you know what? We'll give you that one, but let's stay focused right. on Let's stay focused the on these bigger abuse. ones because the smaller one, eh, it's a little wanky. But these these are the ones that can really, that that really um, could, could you know, kind of kind of serve as the mother load, so to speak. Yeah. Rachel Maddow came on the air at 9 p.m. when Trump was done. In her opening uh, segment, she said, let me remind you that what you just saw was a production of NBC News. We are MSNBC. We did not produce that event. In other words, Trump did really well. Taking a shot at the uh, <laughs> at the mother uh, at the mothership yeah. over there on the uh, on the junior varsity team. Well, she gets good ratings there, so she can say what she wants. But all right, let's let's dip back in here to ABC to the uh, butterscotch candy picnic. And see what he were talking about here. Racial justice. This ought to be good. I got deeply involved. I'm no great shakes. I don't mean I'm, 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 I wasn't John Lewis. I don't mean to imply that. Oh, but God. it's the thing that's motivated. My dad used to have an you expression for real. You mean to imply he said, that? Everyone's entitled to be treated with dignity. Everybody. And it was real. Everybody is. And so whether I'm a defeated candidate for president back teaching or I'm elected president, it is a major element of everything that I'm about because it reflects who we are as a nation and it's what makes us this is every single solitary generation the dial has moved closer and closer and more and more to inclusion and we are a country that is a country of slaves who came here 400 years ago indigenous people and everyone else is an immigrant that's good Jim. and we're diverse and by country. the way sir if you don't know if you're voting for him you ain't black just yeah. he's going to leave you with that <laughs> thought by the way <laughs> just so you know before you get off uh, before you sit down right he's going to let you know and uh <laughs> And he doesn't want his kids, by the way, sir, before you sit down, to live in a racial jungle 
Um, yeah, you in- keep that black beautiful thing. We're going to keep all right. white beautiful thing over right. here. Integration. <laughs> so he's going to argue for segregation as he did in 19, uh, 1875. Oh, no, it wasn't 1875. <laughs> it was actually 1975. What do you know? You didn't need to go back to 1875. And how about his prison rules? Uh, let's lock them all up. Let's, yep, the old crime bill. That was Joe, family. too. The crime bill that... Let's get every father out of the home in the inner cities. The grand cyclops of the KKK, that means they didn't even have a chapter in West Virginia when Robert Byrd started it, which is why he was the grand Klegel. That's Joe Biden's old buddy. But no, Joe Biden's all in for, uh, it's really a part of who I am, as he says. (laughs) Well, yes, it is, but not in the way you tell people it is. Right. In the way we've played tape after tape after tape after tape. Most of all, those um, 1975 NPR interviews where he literally argues for segregation. He's going to put them back in chains. Going to put you back in chains? Correct. Mm. You ain't black. George Floyd uh, had more of a resounding death than Martin Luther King. (laughs) No, really, for real. Come on, man. Here's the deal, man. Yeah, pl- play me, play me my favorite song. And unlike the your community, sir. By the way, I just want you to let you know the the Hispanic community is very diverse. Yours isn't. Unlike yours, who has. <laughs> uh, uh, he also said that, right? With, and with by no, the way, it's a good thing, sir, that you weren't interviewing him because he might have said to you, "What do you want, crack? What do you want, the? Oh my yeah, God, you a right? junkie, man? That's right, man. They have to test you if you're doing crack cocaine. Yeah. Right. No, no, Joe. He's all down for the racial. He's in. He's all in. You can believe that, man. By, by, by the way, sir, Joe would like to make sure that you know that that he thinks you're you're very clean and bright. Yeah. And, and, and one articulate. And uh, kind of like, a, you know. A, yeah. Great story. He a, says. A full package. About Obama. Yeah. Right. Great story. Uh, so it just. <laughs> so Joe gets out of the out. So this is unbelievable. Well, I wish John news- Solomon was available right now. So Joe gets out of the hour and a half. And we got to go to Twitter. We got to go to social media and see. Joe gets out of the hour and a half, 90 minutes, and not one question about the last 48 hours news cycle, which, of course, wasn't a news cycle anywhere, but us and Fox did cover it a little bit tonight, I saw. Well, the good news is at least – you know, he got his Manny Petty on stage with George. Though they did it, it was like a day at the spa. <laughs> wow, no, no surprise, no surprise. Biden just said that if he loses, it'll send the message that he was quote a lousy candidate. Well, <laughs> then well, he should if, lose. Well, if those fifty-seven percent of people whose lives are better than four years ago, they shouldn't vote for me. A <laughs> uh, couple other things I'm seeing on Twitter: someone, um, Chris Matthews. Uh, the first verbatim first question for Barack Obama was used tonight. Someone said, play, guy, guy Benson said, plagiarism. I believe this was Chris Matthews' verbatim first question for Barack Obama. I have to say you have a great smile, President Real John Trumps. Thank you, voter. He does. You're so handsome when you smile. I don't know. That's the part you were talking about, right, Rick? Yep. I don't know what he's talking about, but that's what he said. Um, just some other, I don't know, if social media here weighs in on some feedback uh they're gonna put you back in chains yep uh biden's line again get him out of pennsylvania i'm not voting for sloppy joe wendy salazar says um i can't see all the comments so anybody have anything in front of them that's worth uh yeah damn deplorable says vote for my dad so i can get some new green deal money 
<laughs> well, you know, we're going to, uh, 1964, LBJ, we'll keep those, you know, what's voting Democrat for the next 200 years. Uh, Darren Robbins said Stephen Crowder had Rudy Giuliani uh, before the town hall started. Yes, I, I saw that he was going to do that, and I saw Rudy on multiple places today, and I, I think Rudy's getting a little pushback, which I'm not sure why Rudy's getting pushback. Just, you know, not many people have talked about this. Now, again, unless I missed it, he wasn't asked about it tonight. No one from the Biden campaign or from the Biden family, not Dr. Biden, Jill, not Joe, Certainly, we're not going to hear from the kid, but not, we saw his other kids uh, from the DNC convention. We saw the other Biden kids do that video. So his kids are around. None of them have come out and said unequivocally, this is what I always point to with any of these things when someone gets accused of something. If you're accused of something, if I, if I accuse Paul of something that he, how long is it going to take Paul to come out and say, no, I'm serious. How long is it going to take any one of you to come out and say, this is unequivocally not true? Not, well, we don't, they haven't been verified yet. It's not true. None of them, none of them have come out and said unequivocally, these emails are falsified. These are not true. That was not his computer. This is all a sham. Rudy Giuliani was given something, nothing. They couldn't even said it's just a misunderstanding. Let's let it go. Let's bygones be bygones. Yeah, let's see how they end, G. Drop in there, courtesy of ABC. Let's hear. I took another test. I've been taking every day, the deep test, you know, the one they go on both. And because I wanted to be able, I, if I had not passed that test, I didn't want to come here and not, you know, expose anybody. And, oh, you're such uh, a I just saint. think it's, uh, it's, it's just decency to be able to determine whether or not you are... Uh, you're clear and it's not i'm less concerned about me but then the people the guys at the cameras the people working in the you know the, the secret service guys you drive up with all those people and so He's yes I, I i believe he will do that I, look i'm going to abide by what the commission rules call for I was prepared to debate him remotely, which was supposed to happen, and he said he wouldn't do that, um, you know, a virtual debate uh, or a town hall. He didn't want to do right, that. Gee, that was, he's not going to be asked any serious questions. Yeah. He gets to sit there like, oh, Grandpa Joe with his legs crossed right. and just talk and just, just talk, relaxed and just talk. And everybody, oh, look at him. He's so, yeah, he's good. Yeah. And then the other, on the other one, you got the monitor, just in your, in your face with every shiny object in the media has tried to slime them with for the last uh, three months. Well, you know what's amazing about the, um, the Rudy Giuliani thing you just brought up, Damon, is that the media is going with the old shoot the messenger narrative. You know, they're not questioning uh, what was on the hard drive, if it's real, if it's not real. None of that. They're not questioning any of that. They're just saying, well, it's Rudy Giuliani. It's, it's you know, oh, he, he was sitting with Russians for three months. And yeah, it's kill the messenger. Because if they even talk about the actual facts that he's presenting, they know they're going to lose. So you try and discredit where it's coming from. But meanwhile, they, they won't. Talk about, you know, the, the email that, you know, wh where Hunter says, you know, where he's talking to his sister. I guess the text message that they pulled off. Talking about how, you know, the big guy, dad gets 50% uh, dad of everything. Yeah.
which which Rudy basically says, you know, he was asked by Martha McCallum about it. He goes, that's basically a racketeering charge. That's how you trace the money. Well, that's what Rudy's. That's what Rudy's saying because again, right. we talked about is there. There's nothing Ill- technically, I guess, illegal. But he. That's what he's saying. That's how he's trying to frame the argument. Actually, I heard Rudy say today on the way in. Um, Did he say that uh, the far uh, uh, foreign agent um, did did Hunter act? register as a foreign agent? Yeah, so that uh, it, it did break a law according that's to that's what um, what's his name has been sitting in solitary confinement for. The other, um, that, that sleazy guy who was on Trump's campaign, who met, like a used car salesman guy. What's his name? Uh, Manafort. Ba- ba- yeah. Manafort. Right. Hey, that's you, it. Right, and, right. and you know what, what nobody's talking about? Devin Archer. Where is he sitting, as a matter of fact? He's awaiting sentencing, isn't he? Hmm. Why, why is nobody asking Joe Biden about that? Well, I mean, <laughs> why? <laughs> because they're asking him how he feels and how the sun set. And right. uh, what do you mean? Uh, they're not asking him anything. No one's going to ask him anything. They're just trying to pull him across the finish line. And Jenna Ellis, who was um, on this show, is the president's one of the president's attorneys, constitutional lawyer, said, what's with all the breaks, by the way, tonight on ABC? She didn't pick up on prepping the next couple questions with him in between the breaks. Mm. She said there was an awful lot of breaks in the ABC uh, now, I don't know that G. Fran, you guys were watching the whole thing. Did it seem like there was more breaks in the ABC? There were a lot of commercials in my face. There were a lot of commercials in your face. So there you go. So she pointed it out. She said, this guy's so incompetent, they got to prep him in between the, on the breaks of what they're gonna, where they're going to go next. God. So it's just, it's just unbelievable. Well, I think, I think we pretty much got tonight, though, what the president thought, uh, thought he was going to get. And he talked about it today on the campaign trail. He said, I'm going to do this, and it's just it's, a, it's an hour on TV. But, I, I mean, to be fair, what Joe Biden just said, they, le- they left themselves open to him to be able to say, well, I was ready to debate him virtually. Yep. So now what's Biden got to do? He's going to get – he's got to test uh, – he's got to get a false positive the day before the last debate, and he's out. And he's off the he's, hook. He took three down to one. He'll get a positive a couple days before. It'll be a false positive the next day, and that's it. I, 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 I don't know. I just wonder if they jumped the gun too quickly on the virtual one, especially one when the, the rigged commission on presidential debates said that they would have had people in each location to make sure he wasn't on a teleprompter. Now, what that means, I have no idea, or if it means anything. But I, I don't know. I think it still would have been better than what we ended up getting tonight, yeah. at least for him. Biden gets off sitting there and... We'll see what the ratings are on these two. But I'll bet they're not going to be that much different. If I'm being honest. I think more people are probably going to look at the Biden because they were hoping or thinking, well, he's got a lot to answer to. This looks bad. I mean, even Democrats. I played you uh, Ian Brenner on, on CNN. Biden's got a problem here. You have that, G, from yesterday, the Ian Brenner clip? 
Play Biden that. does have a problem here, by the way. I mean, I, I have to say, $50,000 a month for Hunter Biden, clearly uh, to be selling influence, because otherwise no one would ever pay him that kind of money for a company that, frankly, was pretty corrupt and has been uh, before and has been since under And um, is that Joe Biden's fault or problem? And, uh, no, but it's hard to imagine Joe Biden wasn't aware of it. And I think that I, I expect that President Obama, if he had known about the reality of this situation, would have probably told Biden, yeah. get rid of this. Like we, we shouldn't have your son working in this situation. That would have cost him something. And I and I, I feel like even if maybe Biden wasn't aware, but Biden should have been aware that that would cause a uh, cause an issue for. Him. Yeah, well, it's debatable whether the president was briefed. We know that people briefed Biden in the White House or, uh, you know, while he was vice president, they came to him and said, hey, you better tell your son to stop doing what he's doing. He's killing us here. He's, he's affecting diplomacy and it doesn't look good. But um, while everybody's commenting, Rick, what you picked up on is the woman over his um, African-American woman, by the way, stole the show. And people are pointing out that as she's sitting there shaking her head, does she represent what's going to be upwards of 20, 30 percent of the African-American community who listen to him and say, I'm done with guys telling me I am black if I am voting for him. They, he doesn't own my vote. Yeah. This is a different day, a different time. Yeah. And especially you see that with the, with the outreach to uh, Ice Cube and the Platinum Plan that they yeah. worked on and, and the stuff with the uh, with the uh, prison reform and the injection of, of you know, yeah, just giving the finance up to the black one. communities. I mean, yeah. just across the board, they've seen it for themselves. You know, the media, the mainstream media, the deep state media people are going to sit there. Well, you know, he wants to put you back in change. Yeah, well, it doesn't look that way from, from our point of view. We're actually seeing things that are happening in our communities. Maybe if you stop by once in a while, you would notice it too. Uh, one thing that uh, Paul will love, uh, Paul, pay attention, because believe it or not, this was done. Uh, at some point, we missed it. Trump says, because, uh, okay, let, let me preface this. It happened tonight. Uh, Samantha Guffrey, she was the quote-unquote moderator, whatever, uh, suggested, um, well, she, she was calling on Trump because uh, he, re- he did a retweet today. Um, regarding a conspiracy theory that suggested that uh, Joe Biden orchestrated to have SEAL Team 6 taken out, killed, to cover up the fake death of of Osama bin Laden. And she asked Trump, why would he send a lie like that to his followers? And the president immediately went on defensive, said, look, um, that was a retweet. That was the opinion of somebody, and that was a retweet. I'll put it out there. People can decide for themselves. So, again, nice. something like that, that kind of hovers on the fringe, has made its way into the mainstream and made its way onto NBC. Because re- now that's going to trigger people to go, you know what? What is he talking about? What did I miss here? I can remember when um, Dave Portnoy interviewed him. <laughs> he said, he said, my tweets are good. He goes, the ones that get me in trouble are the retweets. Yes. <laughs> he said, you know, you see it and you go, mm, and you put it out. And then you, about a, 15 minutes later, you go, uh <laughs> You know, I bet Charles Savage appreciates that. His son was killed over there, and he's been screaming, uh, you know, for nine years. He had interactions with Obama. He actually grabbed Obama and said, I don't want you to sit I want you to tell me what a good boy my boy was. I want you to tell me what happened. And they got into a fight. Secret Service separated him. There's video of that. And I listened to his interview today, and really nothing sadder than 
seeing a father talking about his slain son he was so proud of, who was a SEAL team member and intelligence, you know, officer. And he, uh, and now, um, you know, there's uh, this hope for him. There's no way this guy's lying. No, what, what would he put himself out there about his his son and these interactions? Now all that he's been screaming from the rooftops to get help. Somebody investigate this, and it's kept swept under the rug and swept under the rug. Same investigator on this was involved in the Pat Tillman investigation. So you know, it's pretty sad that uh, that it has to come out this way, and it has to be labeled conspiracy theory. Why can't we just have open dialogue? Let's talk about what happened to this poor man's son. Yeah, and he's not the only one. He's what? in touch with a bunch of the other parents, uh, yeah. the guys who were taken out. What, are they all crazy? Are they all crazy because they want to know what happened to their children? And, and just because you could use this cloak conspiracy theory just like that every moron says oh it's conspiracy theory because they're too stupid to do the homework or they're too lazy to try or, or they can't comprehend or a combination of both stop using conspiracy theory as a cloak because you're lazy or stupid enough's enough this guy's well, kid's dead most people who have talked about that story so far that even resemble um what people would consider the talking heads, quote unquote, the main mainstreamer talking heads say that 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 whole thing is the the wildest, outrageous conspiracy theory garbage reporting that anyone's ever seen. OK, so who like like I'm just saying George the, the couple times that I've seen it even media. even spoken about David French from National Review. Um, couple, couple people who have even, even the couple that I've even seen, I mean, I don't know how many mainstream people, I mean, I follow a lot of people and I mean, but I'm not, a dra- I, I can I'm tell not, you, I, so I've come across it maybe once, but let's be clear. I'm not talking about that Obama murdered seal team six. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there was no investigation and there's no paperwork or trail about the investigation that might have been that they suggest there should have been. Yeah. There's nothing there. All right, we're going to take a little bit of a break here, and then we're going to come back, do some sports, lighten it up a little bit. We'll recap. Uh, well, we're not exactly sure. <laughs> <laughs> Why is the U.S. Senate investigating Joe Biden's family? Weeks after Joe Biden visits China as vice president, his son secures a private billion-dollar deal with the Bank of China. After Biden is named America's top diplomat to Ukraine, his son lands another million-dollar deal in Ukraine. Then Biden gets Ukraine's top prosecutor fired before he can investigate. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a... Got fired. Instead of quid pro quo Joe, America needs President Donald Trump. Great America PAC is responsible for the content of this message. All right, live from Studio 6B. On a uh, Thursday night, Real America's Voice, we tried to uh, cover as much as we could about both uh, town halls. Joe Biden's was a uh, Candyland Express, and Trump was over there with uh, Savannah Guthrie out with the knives and... uh, Flamethrowers. 
So basically what the two of them were. All right, let's lighten it up. We'll do a little uh, regular live from Studio 6B here for the last segment. Let's do some sports. Rick Amorati's here. What's going on, pal? Okay, Big D. Well, um, National League Championship Series from Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas. The Los Angeles Dodgers are looking to tie up the Atlanta Braves. Right now it's 1-1 one to one in the top of the sixth. And one of our great followers, Louis Corona, said to me, it looks like the Dodgers may have inherited the Cubs curse because they were picked to really roll right over the Braves. But it's a tight game now, 1-1, one, one, top of the sixth. And uh, earlier this evening, Carlos Carrera for the Houston Astros hit a walk-off homer. He's the sixth player in uh, Major League Baseball history to win a walk-off homer in an elimination game because the Astros had to hold off that game and force a game six. Uh, the series is now at three to two. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Game's tomorrow. Uh, and the CJ Cup at Shadow Creek, Las Vegas, Nevada, earlier today. Uh, Terrell Hatton from England. The Englishman, he shot a seven under par, 65 to lead everyone. So that's that. we'll keep an eye on that as it progresses through the weekend. And uh, we had a death in the pro sports world last night. Hall of Famer, San Francisco 49er, great defensive end. Uh, Fred Dean passed away at the age of 68 years old. Um, so sorry to lose um, Fred Dean. Him and... Uh, um, the Niners were just an incredible team back in the day. Um, they were, 1981, he joined the team, and they made a run. That defense was really the, the cornerstone of that championship team, along with Joe Montana. And uh, so Fred Dean passed away earlier. And uh, one last story, Big D. Daryl Morey uh, is stepping down as the Houston Rockets GM. Uh, source told ESPN earlier today. Uh, Rick uh, Delgado passed that story along to me earlier. His interest, of course, was, you know, Morey, uh, you know, talking about Hong Kong. And speaking out, and uh, you know, and, and obviously, you know, that caused a lot of stress with uh, the NBA. Uh, but the uh, Adam Silver did stick by Maury. I mean, a lot of us already know the story. Uh, however, after 13 years, he is stepping down. Um, China has uh, returned to putting NBA games back on the airwaves, so the timing is, you know, a little interesting. But from what I understand, Maury is just looking to step down. He has young children he wants to take care of. And Houston Rockets, although they've had 13 years of consecutive playoff runs, they also need a change. So, um, And that's it, Big D, in sports for tonight. That's what I have. All right, thanks, Rick. Uh, live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice. A little different night for us, but uh, we had Trump uh, and Biden, obviously the two town halls. We didn't have the second debate tonight. Of course, Steve Scully gets suspended today um, because he lied about his account being hacked. And um, he's a hack. How did uh, how'd that come out? Did they force him to admit it or did he just have a case of the guilties? Well, we're not. I'm not sure myself. I haven't really seen the reporting on why it came out today. Uh, did it have anything to do with the fact that he did? Did they get the FBI involved? Um, did they do a whole... Did they really look into this, spend resources on this to only come back to him and say, uh, no, what are you talking about? And then he had to admit it. You know, that would be very interesting if, if that was the case, because did he file a fault, knowingly file a false report? Um, be you nice. know what I think happened? I, I, I think uh, they said, you know what, we're going to call the FBI. And he said, wait, 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 wait. Um, yeah, uh, he probably just came clean with them. Because he's just like uh, I can't, you know. He he, he would have been he he probably would have been just strictly fired if if he let them go through with it. Yeah, so he gets suspended indefinitely, and um, you know it's funny. We talked on this show about the RNC. What a, not a great job they do with these debates. How they they agree to these moderators. Uh, they they put their candidates 
playing from behind right off the bat by agreeing to these situations. I don't know why they don't either vet these uh, or or demand that it's not CNN and MSNBC hosts that moderate or at least and stop agreeing that Chris Wallace somehow represents your side <laughs> and people like that. They got to rethink this whole thing. It's just, I mean, it's over, right? I mean, after, especially after this 100%. year, this yeah. has got to be rethought. Yeah. You know, what I got to believe at some point, what about like just a social media platform that's wide open and public utility, you know, like Ma Bell. So I don't know. Just the, well, we'll see the now if they, be, if they become a public utility because Holly and Cruz and Graham is going to subpoena. We hope they're going to take a vote, I think, Tuesday to subpoena uh, oh, at Jack from Twitter, Jack Dorsey and uh, Zuckerberg and maybe some others and sit them down and say, and Clarence Thomas, by the way, I think I saw this, may have put a little shot across the bow and said something like, well, 230 might not protect them from censorship. So that they hide behind this 230 rule that they're not a public utility. And I think Supreme Court Justice Thomas either issued an opinion or said something somewhere about the fact that he's not sure if they're actively censoring free speech, they may not be protected by 230. I mean, think they got to get rid of it anyways because these they're monopolies and two people are controlling what 300 million people are, are uh, consuming for news. Yeah, maybe, maybe more when you leave this area. But, you know, I think uh, PragerU has been fighting them in court now for two years and getting drained. I'd like to see them get some help at this point. Well, I just wonder if yesterday is really a date we'll remember because you had you had you had active censorship going on, and then you had people from Facebook on Twitter actively talking about how that's exactly what they were doing. Yeah, crazy. So I just wonder if that's a little different. What are you looking at, Delgado? Uh, no, I was just uh, <laughs> I, was, I was laughing at something. Uh, Angie Gilbert was chiming in on uh on the facebook stream saying it was kind of funny because after trump's town hall stream all the trump people switched to the biden stream and the liberals lost their minds when they started commenting so good job people and uh former senator jim demint who's now over there at the conservative partnership institute we've had him on the show he's fantastic solid conservative as he always was he's tweeted um as expected ABC News and chief anchor, former Clinton official George Stephanopoulos made sure that there was not a single question about Hunter Biden at the Biden town hall. Another example of censorship and collusion, which, of course, the Democrats favorite word. So that's officially now I don't need to go waste my time watching it. Not a single question. Nope. Shock. Big, biggest story in the last 24 hours. Nothing. Biggest story in... So they made, a, they made a, an absolute um, concerted effort to get on air. They figured out. They discussed it. Probably sat down with Biden and said, okay, what are we going to do? And they said, let's just get right to the first question. So I didn't see it live, but it looks like uh, George opened it up, welcomed the audience, and went within the first minute... Basically said, uh, Vice President Biden, thanks for being here. Let's go to the first question. And that's that's it. Nothing. No interaction. Meanwhile, there's Savannah Guthrie over there. <laughs> jumping in, arguing, acting like she's got security clearance when it's on. I mean, Jesus. 
just unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Uh, well, the social media is pretty much what you'd expect. Biden tonight vowed to make mandatory any vaccine that is 85% effective. Well, that, that could be news. What do you think of that, Paul? I'm not taking the vaccine. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> I'll stick with my vitamins and my brisk walks. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. An interesting night live from Studio 6P. As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Thanks, everybody on the show. Most of all, thank you, the live from Studio 6P audience. We'll see you tomorrow night with a regular show, 8 p.m. Real America's Voice, tomorrow night, Friday night. Maybe a mailbag. We'll wrap it up tomorrow night. We'll see you then.